Love it. <laughs> right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. And today we have local celebrity and entrepreneur. Uh, this is Johnny. Uh, Johnny. Well, in fact, Johnny can tell us what what he does and uh, how he does it, because you are literally the, uh, the you're probably the most famous <laughs> local person that we've had on the podcast to date, Johnny. So tell everybody what you do and, and what you own. Thanks, Eddie. I'm not sure I uh, deserve that title quite yet, but I'll uh, honourably accept it anyway. (laughs) So, yeah, Jonathan Spencer, owner, founder of Orbis, Builds Bar, and soon to be um, another steakhouse in uh, Rutland, which is an exclusive for you there. Oh, wow. Didn't know that. Got in the background. Um, Yes, it's going to be launched this week. We are bringing a grill house, steakhouse, burger joint to to Rutland, which is going to be all sort of locally sourced meat, just great meat, really. We're not going to mess it around. We're literally going to give you some great meat cooked really well. So, yeah, that's a brand new exclusive for your podcast, Dave. Oh, nice one. Cheers, Exclusive content. So, yeah, look out for that one. <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I do in the nutshell. Always been in hospitality, worked in and around the Rutland area since I was 15. And then, yeah, got into sort of being uh, an owner uh, about six or seven years ago. We've um, yeah been been around the area operating different sort of bits and bobs, but now we've sort of stumbled across what I believe is going to be probably a national brand within the next ten years in Orbis. So that's our gluten free well plates restaurant. Yeah, and a lot 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 of local people would have heard of Orbis, but um, some non local. Yeah, well they would have done that. Yeah, <laughs> Orbis comes up quite a bit. So uh, in in my conversations when I'm meeting people in and around the town, so. Uh, you're doing something right and you're just you're you're in the process of moving premises aren't you in Oakham? We are yes so actually this week is our last week at our current venue on Church Street and we're moving about 300 yards around the corner to a fantastic period building on Mill Street so anyone that's sort of local to the aerial formerly known as what was the Rutland Angler and more latterly Mill Street Pub and Kitchen yeah shut for just over two years now and yeah we're in the process of getting it ready for opening some point in November due to the current situation with builders and supply. We can't <laughs> pin ourselves down to a date at the minute because I had a conversation yesterday about some timber I ordered that was going to be a week. It's now going to be four weeks. So it's like, okay. <laughs> so we're, we're kind of just going some point in November, hopefully, fingers crossed, maybe. <laughs> if yeah. it is, it is. <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll yeah. know a bit more sort of towards the back end of this month, hopefully. So we can okay. Yeah. open but yeah fingers crossed for a an exciting uh, launch in time for christmas well that's a fantastic building has it been two years since that's been closed crikey that seems like yeah a, wow. yeah oh, it, it pretty, pretty much to the day i think it was october the 5th 2019 it closed wow so it's well to the tip to the day in three days time pretty yeah. much yeah 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 oh, that's incredible yeah no fantastic building there and that's uh and you've also got an operation in stanford now haven't you which has recently recently been opened yeah, we opened that in the middle of May this year, uh, obviously in some very difficult times to be doing anything hospitality-based, but it's just gone from strength to strength, um, record week after record week lately, to be fair. We had a few growing pains, teething issues. I think that's always the hardest part of any business is replicating what is sort of the, the baby, which was Orbis Oakham, into the next chapter is always very, very hard because you're taking some of the identity that you sort of built the restaurant or the brand around and trying to replicate that. And often in a sort of hospitality customer-based business, that's built around people. And when you're building something around people, it's difficult to 
duplicate them. I know Dolly the Sheep was nearly there, but we haven't quite worked out how to clone some of our staff yet. So that is a struggle, particularly at the minute, anyone in hospitality or any of the retail sectors, I think will sympathise. I don't know where all the staff seems to have gone, whether we sent a few spaceships up into yeah. Mars or something during the lockdown. I just, I don't know anyone that's got enough staff. So I don't, I don't quite know where they've all gone. It's, it's such a bizarre situation that we're busier than ever and got less staff than ever. But yeah, it's a big we're getting there. Big problem. I was talking to a friend of mine is head in recruitment, um, and he's he's just saying it's the worst he's ever known it. For you, you would naturally expect a lot of people who've been made redundant over the last eighteen months uh, to be looking for work, but actually quite the opposite. The, the job market is very uh, very quiet, and he can't get. I mean, he's in uh, uh, HGV recruitment as well, which is even worse. But um, he's never known anything like it in terms of staffing, and uh, not just getting the bodies in, but the consistency of them as well. You know, they come and they go really quickly. Uh, so the turnover has always been quite, or recently, in recent past, have been very, very high. So you must see that uh, in your industry as much as any, because uh, for you, you're, I guess you're what they would class as in sociable hours, I guess. You know, you're, you're open in the evenings, you're open at weekends, and that's, you know, when most people don't want to work, right? Yeah, 100%. And I've, I've had a saying since I sort of first worked in it yourself like myself as as what was a, an employee way back when and I always said that nobody is in hospitality or at least they shouldn't be in hospitality for a paycheck because the hours are crap the pay isn't great the only reason you're in it is because you you love it like yeah you, you leave your shift 12-hour shift on a Saturday night without a break which isn't normal in any other work environment but you know you've absolutely smashed out of the ballpark and two, three hundred customers have been through the door and absolutely love what you've delivered as a team. Like, I don't think personally there's much better feelings than it. I mean, I know I'm probably biased because it's the only career I've ever done, but I think that's why I certainly do what I do. And I know sort of most of my senior team certainly is why they do what they do. I mean, I was talking to them in great depth last night. Tesco's put an advert out paying £6 an hour more than one of my full-time staff was on. And she said, I'm not going to go there because I'll be bored. <laughs> I hit the nail on the head. Like, it's, it's not all about the money, which is great to, to have staff around you that are there for the right reasons. And yeah. I don't think often that's always the case, which is always a difficult part to sort of whittle out who's in it for the money, who's in it for the, the right reasons, just in an hour interview. So you do get a few bad apples. And it's very clear because when it gets to a, a long day, you can tell the ones that don't actually care. Yeah. because they're the ones moaning to go home and it, it rubs off customers know i mean i certainly know when i'm being served by someone that wants to be there and loves what they do and someone that's just there clock watching and ready to go home but as an owner it's so difficult to to work that one out as i say from an interview until you actually get them in and see them like two three weeks down the line you you can't work that out and in our business i mean our lowest paid member of staff is the one that has the most engagement with our biggest spending customers because that's just how it works i mean our our top team are there, but they're not the ones that are there at the table all the time. Mm. So if you've got your lower down members of staff being paid lower wage than your, your sort of your salesman, for instance, in a, in a car sales room, they would be the highest paid member of staff. You wouldn't have the lowest paid member of staff selling a car or selling a house, but in hospitality, <laughs> you have to have more bodies with the customers. That's just yeah. how it works. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. It really is. I mean, particularly at the minute, anyone, as I said earlier, that's in or around hospitality at the minute, it's been the toughest 18 months. I mean, it's almost you wake up and go, what's going to happen today? Like last week's fuel strikes, staff like, yeah, I can't get to work today. I'm like, oh, great. What do I do? Like, 
I, I rang a few taxi companies and they were like, yeah, we haven't got fuel either. But <laughs> yeah, just laugh about it, really. Like, what what can you say anymore? Like, what else is 2020 slash 21 going to throw at us as, as business owners? There's, there's a gap in the market there. Yeah, uh, you know, a, a fully electric taxi service is the way forward, you know, to plug that yeah. in. <laughs> you gotta, right. you gotta well, you, you wonder if that's a hidden agenda, to be honest, don't you? I mean, well, there is. There is I, the, I know there today is the there was no fuel in town. So, yeah. yeah. Like that yeah, everywhere, no, though, isn't no. it? So my old boss used to say to me um, years ago that if the first the first question a um, prospective employee has is what's the pay, he normally would cut the interview short unless that question was at the end of an interview. If that was one of the first questions, he would he would literally you know not kick them out. It'd be I think we need to close it here. It's not about the pay; yeah. it's about the job. The pay you'll be you'll be rewarded. Um, for your work but you need to have the passion to be here in the first place and if you don't share that and it'd be harder in your industry to find um, staff that share your enthusiasm and your passion because that's ultimately it's your vision though isn't it it's not theirs yeah no I, absolutely I mean just just on that quickly I mean I, I say I'll base you on your output not your input don't come to me and say you've worked 50 hours this week Come and tell me what you did in that 50 hours. Like <laughs> how many customers left and loved my restaurant because of your actions. That's really what I value my my team on. Not, oh, I've been there for so many hours and moaned about it. That just doesn't really wash with me as a boss. Yeah. I know to some people that sounds a bit harsh, but I just think so many people put so much work in for it to be ruined by one or two stupid actions of people that don't really care. is so frustrating when everything else is going so well. Um, but yeah, with... I've lost track. I've been talking that. What was your the last part of that question? I was going to answer that. Yeah. So um, about your ultimately, when you're employing staff, it must be very difficult for um, for them to follow your passion and your vision, yes. for your brand. Yeah, yeah. Because it's yeah. your it's your business, it's your vision, isn't it? At the end of the day. Absolutely. And I always say, if I can find someone that's seventy percent as passionate as I am, then that's a winner. Like you will never ever find anyone that's more really, and if you do, they're a bloody unicorn and lock them in the building and never let them leave. Because if you're right, I mean, in any industry, the, the person at the top is the the visionary, the creator, the hopefully inspirer. For people then to be low, you they they need to have at least seventy percent of that to be any good, really. And if you do find one that's there, and they're 70% as passionate as I am, which is hard to go by in this industry particularly. Um, <laughs> you've got you've got to look after him. And I do do that. Anyone that follows me on social media will know I take my team out an awful lot. Uh, oh, yeah. The top team got taken to Leeds, Birmingham. Last night I had every single staff member that works for me. as a It was a pre-Christmas party because Christmas for us is going to be mental. So I said, look, I know it's going to be a mental few months ahead. Let's go out. Let's have a good night. And then I'll give you a Christmas party after Christmas as well. So... And they, and they do resonate that. I mean, I actually got people coming up to me, shaking my hand, saying, thank you so much. I've worked in this industry for 10 years and no one's ever taken me out for a drink before Christmas. And yeah, it cost me a few hundred quid. But I think the, the value that that then adds to my business and hopefully when they come back to work tomorrow with smiley faces is priceless, really. Did you let them spend their hardened uh, wages in Bill's Bar on a night out? Well, yeah, some will say that that's a, a purposely spun business model, to be fair. I get all the hospitality staff from the county, and particularly on a Sunday night, because, again, anyone that's worked in hospitality, I know Sunday nights are night out. So, yeah, <laughs> yes. Sundays yeah. are good. You can, do you ever want to find any of the chefs or front of house team from any restaurant in Rutland? 
Bill's Bar, Sunday, 8 o'clock, you'll find them. Yeah. <laughs> and Bill's Bar, um, I hope you don't mind me asking the question, but that that's the, it's, um, and forget, forgive it, forgive me if you don't want to answer the question, but um, I know why it's called Bill's Bar. Do, do many people know why it's called Bill's Bar? So it was a homage to my late granddad. So while he was alive, he was adamant he wanted to run a pub um, in sort of his latter years after he came out of the forces. And my nan put a foot down and said, you buy a pub, I'm divorcing you. <laughs> so when he passed away, we, we got to the position to kind of, we bought the building. It was known as XY. It wasn't a very nice place. And we, we knew we needed to keep it kind of doing the same thing. Like it, it does open till three in the morning. It, that is its main business model. But I wanted it to be more accessible, have some day trades, have sports. So we had a, a sort of concept, but no name. And I just thought it would be brilliant if I could sort of give my granddad his pub. So that's what we did. So Bill's Bar is, uh, yeah. Uh, it's in not... uh, memory of my granddad Bill, who was it was a mayor of Rutland, actually Bill Corcoran, for those that might know the local area. So oh, yeah, he's um, quite a popular guy himself, to be fair. But he didn't get his pub while he was alive, but he's got it now. <laughs> but, well, it's it's just a brilliant story. I love that, and as I said, I I knew that from when we used to network a year or so ago together. So uh, it's a fantastic story, and and obviously um, coming on coming back to Orbis. So just just tell everybody what you did during lockdown because. Uh, obviously you couldn't you couldn't open to serve the well sorry you could serve the public but they were not allowed in your restaurant were they so what, yeah. what, what did you do so anyone that sort of knows the time scale of it we actually only opened the back end of january so the lockdown obviously coming middle of march 2020 <laughs> we're only really a six-week-old restaurant i put our sort of war chest in to get it open and ready and we were sort of going gangbusters and then this COVID-19 word came about and I kind of sat there I was like, oh my God, like, why does the world hate me? Like, <laughs> what, what is going on? And yeah, then I quickly went, you know what, this attitude's not going to get me anywhere. I need, a, I need a mindset and my team are going to need this mindset that we're going to get through this and we're going to come out the other end and we're going to have to do something very different. So I very quickly got to work. I built ourselves an app um, and an online order platform. And we were basically converted all of our menu, added a few new things on. So we started doing pizzas and um, a few dishes that were a bit more accessible for takeaway. Because some of our food you just couldn't put in a container. It would be not right when it got to the other end because of the ingredients and the freshness of it. Sort of like our scallops dish. You just couldn't do that for takeaway. So we, we got some more accessible dishes on there. We worked out very early on that stuff with a lot of sauce tended to transit a lot better because it kept its heat, which is why curries and Chinese are so popular because they are foods that have yeah. a lot of sauce in generally. So we, we just tweaked our menu and yeah, just got busy within, I think the first weekend I had to turn orders off at about 3.30 in the afternoon because we were just absolutely inundated i think the printer ran out of bloody paper about five times during the night the chef was having a meltdown out to buy more uh, bags and more drivers i think one point we had six drivers on it was just incredible like literally blew us away i think ultimately that's really what allowed us to grow into the brand we are today because i was very good at marketing and converting customers not only for that sale but then repeat sales and also then being able to offer them when we ultimately did come back as a restaurant, a bit of a discount for being a loyal customer through lockdown and getting them back in when we could reopen in, I think it was July, they eventually let us reopen. Again, fully booked. So we came back to a fully booked restaurant. And the beautiful thing then was this takeaway is that we can now kind of fill any empty void. So say a Wednesday night, historically, it's not really been a fully booked night in any restaurant. It's kind of okay. Some weeks are better than others. If we have any particularly slow Wednesdays, I can push our takeaways a lot more. 
And it's a lot easier for people to order a takeaway on a Wednesday than it is for them to facilitate having a babysitter and coming out for a date night, et cetera, et cetera. So what we found is instead of just going, oh, it's quiet on a Wednesday, send the staff home, we're now filling that void with 10 to 12 takeaways on a Wednesday night, as well as having sort of a half full restaurant. So it's a sort of string to our bow that we would never have had because I just wouldn't have thought about it. I mean, 12, 13 years in the industry prior to it happening, I'd never sold a takeaway in my life. Like it hadn't even contemplated in my brain that actually some of our food could be done for takeaway and that's going to be some additional revenue. I mean, most restaurants weren't doing it that way. And I think those that have adapted and managed to sort of pivot into that space are the ones now that are absolutely thriving. I mean, it's quite a few case studies of sort of brands I follow on social media. Those that didn't just lock the doors and sort of batten down the hatches and actually got busy are the ones now that are absolutely thriving. Mm. Um, Now they've got the the bricks and mortars back open. Well, it, it to, to a lesser degree, it's the, it was the same in our industry. And actually, the time is very, very similar for me as well. So we opened our business in January 2020, 2020 uh, and then lockdown two, two, two and a half months later, uh, came out lockdown for us the end of March. Uh, we were allowed back to work again. But what we did was we put a lot of money, if you will, into social media, making sure we stayed open on social media, making sure the public knew we were open on social media. So when we came out of the first lockdown 1.0 uh we our business was only five months old at that point um and obviously there's a lot of um a lot of uh, well-established agents in the town so we were competing against them but it worked for us and social media helped us take off really we almost had another relaunch we had like a, a launch in january but then another launch in may um and that's how we treated it and social media for us has been a very very brilliant platform and which is where we've excelled and uh and, and i know for you your social media and particularly your instagram page is absolutely fantastic and it's it's regularly updated which is really important um and do you, so do you take orders from social media as well or is it only through the app no we try and keep everything streamlined so obviously taking stuff through social media is a bit of a convoluted process for payment and stuff can get missed so we try and keep everything bookings orders all through our website so it's all fully okay. automated and it kind of eliminates any human error and, and obviously the payments are made and just works better for us. I think we do, we do lose those uh, apologies. My right. phone is connecting to my <laughs> MacBook, which is awkward. I didn't even know it did that. Strange. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, it was, um, it, it was, yeah, it was just a decision we made. I mean, particularly with obviously going cashless, like we did very early on, it just worked a lot better. For us as a business to know these orders that were coming in were kind of guaranteed paid orders rather than having to, to mess about with the odd order turning up and not being paid for etc etc so yeah that's that's kind of how we've left it and that's the same with our bookings we take very very few bookings over the phone or in person they're all through our website okay because we've got a, a, a booking system that's got a great algorithm built in it and it's a lot more intelligent than a human brain would be at spreading bookings out so it's just meant that we can maximize our capacity especially when social distancing was in place it was so important that we could maximize what we were doing because we lost 16 covers at the restaurant so to then lose covers by sort of poor management of the tables just wouldn't have been well it probably made the business unviable to be honest it was only yeah. probably because we had this algorithm in place and it was shuffling tables around and moving people back and forth automatically that it allowed us to kind of have every seat in the restaurant full for the entire duration of service which is yeah yeah, a big plus at the minute. One sec, I've seen the lights on a timer. One minute. 
sorry about that. Um, so where where do so you're you've got an app which is which is brilliant. So where do uh, what what's the website address? Firstly, so for Oakham, it's www.orbisoakham.co.uk. Okay, and then Stamford is the same orbisstamford.co.uk. And they um, they can find you on Instagram as well, can't they? Because you you like I yeah. said you. Your, your regular poster on Instagram and for anybody that hasn't seen um, the quality of what you produce then I really urge you to get onto Instagram and have a look uh, it's a great page as well it's very interactive you know nice to see what your staff are up to most days as well which is good not, it's not just about food and drink it's a bit more of a, um, a family environment I think it's the right word uh, which is great yeah so uh, so in terms of um, social media it's uh, what's your handle on Instagram so again, nice, nice and clean. It's Orbis Stamford, Orbis Oakham on right. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. They're all all generic, all the same. Um, it's something I was taught very early on. Before you put out a handle on one social media, check them all to make sure you can have the same one to not cause any confusion. So yeah, we've got yeah, uh, Orbis, Orbis Oakham, Orbis Stamford, and hopefully any other future venues will go in the same pattern. Well, no, knowing you, there'd be one or two up your sleeve already. I would have thought you're 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 not you're not one for not working. I'll give you that. Um, so, a couple of other questions and sm smaller questions, I suppose. Uh, what challenges do you face within your line of work and your industry in particular at the moment? I think the big one at the moment, as we covered, is is staff. But now, sort of secondary to that, particularly has got worse in the last couple of weeks. Is supply, um, as I was saying earlier, every restaurant that I know really it's busier than ever but we've still got the same supply chain so the same four or five delivery vans for a butcher for instance and they're doing 50 percent more drops than they would have been doing this time two years ago and they're really struggling to work out whether they can bring on more vans more drivers is the demand going to stick no one really knows and everyone i'm talking to was expecting the demand to drop when everyone went back to school they weren't expecting this prolonged Sort of excitement of people wanting to be out and about and everybody i'm talking to saying that nationally uh breweries um other people in the supply sector are just saying that they they can't believe that they're this far up on expected volumes and it's very difficult for them to stock and staff for that and then coupled now with the fuel shortage and the hgv lorry shortage it's just meaning that all of our supply chain is so wonky i mean before i could win one supplier to get my whole drinks order now i've got four or five because i know that one or two of them won't be able to do my whole order which is obviously well it adds four or five hours of admin on per week just ringing around all the suppliers trying to collate your drinks list to get in the building it's the same for the chefs as well so instead of having just one butcher we have to have two or three because we know some weeks like chicken something i'd have never dreamed of not being able to source with being rationed on it saying we're only allowed 10 kilos when we need 20 so we have to order 10 kilos from one butcher and another it's like what is going on here and it's to do now with the co2 shortage oh of course certain yes. plants can't package chicken it's like yes. what what else next like, <laughs> what we, what we're we gonna have a shortage of next what yeah what's gonna be thrown our way so, so yeah it's, it's sort of trivial things but they all add up like one of them on their own you just kind of just move on and not be yeah. able to, to worry too much but i think at the minute we've kind of got a perfect storm of a lot of issues combining um, and as i said earlier again we're just so busy at the minute that's having a real knock-on effect on the on the business because we're getting to a saturday evening and we're, we're short on two or three items that i would normally never be short on we just we can't get enough in the building 
but does that does that affect your cost base then as well because your obviously your menu prices yeah. you know remain consistent but surely your produce cost then goes up if you've got more than one supplier massively i mean particularly at the minute vegetables and fresh fruit have gone through the roof and again it's the co2 problem so right. a lot of vegetables and fruits strawberries raspberries in particular are treated with co2 and because of the shortage powered with the fact obviously it's not particularly a summer season for fruit at the minute we're having to bring them in from elsewhere and that's all going through the roof as well i mean air freight cargo prices are triple what they were two years ago we're paying like five pounds for a punnet of strawberry uh, it's just unbelievable but you kind of need it on your some of your dishes so you're just mm. hitting that as you said that margins coming off our end so yeah it's a it's a really interesting one and i don't think you could put the menus up to some of the prices you kind of as a business owner look at it and go you know what i'm just gonna have to take the hit on this for a month yeah. or two yeah it's yeah it's, it's, it's tough and obviously the, the big one for us at the minute that just changes the vat um hopefully you've all seen in the news the vat for hospitality has been down at five percent for food and soft drinks since we were well, pretty much when we reopened which has been a fantastic help to us it's kind of subsidized some of the wage bill increases we've had because we are paying probably 10 percent more on most of our wage bills and we're having to have additional staff for additional cleaning and everything's obviously been table service for so long we had two or three members of staff extra in in most venues so that that five percent vat has been a sort of welcome boost really but as of yesterday it's gone back to the um the well well, what's it gone to? Twelve and a half. Well, back yeah. to twelve and a half. It's, it's increased by seven and a half percent overnight, which nearly tripled in its, its uh, well, its tax, and that comes straight off your bottom line. That's literally yeah. like having seven and a half percent less profit in the business. Yeah. If all of a sudden I put seven and a half percent on my my top line on my retail price, I'll lose customers. So you're kind of stuck in this in this crux of a position that do do you do it and just hope you don't lose too many and the sort of the increase in price justifies that or do you leave it as it is and just take a seven and a half percent reduction in your pay basically which is what it is i mean most people out there if i said your wages are going down by seven and a half percent tomorrow we'll be horrified <laughs> with inflation going the way it is it's kind of yeah it's, it's just not not needed i think the government's dropped a, a ball on that if i'm totally honest i think they could have looked at that and maybe pushed it back out until the end of the tax year and at least let us have a good christmas to kind of compensate for the lackluster 18 months we've had yeah, well, it would make sense to have done that, especially with the fuel shortage now and the CO2 problems that, or the, the CO2. But there's not a shortage of CO2, is it? It's just the supply chain. That's that's the problem with that. But um, Yeah, it's, um, it's it was all to do with these fertiliser plants that they can't afford yeah. to run because the natural gas price has gone through and CO2 obviously being a byproduct of the production of this fertiliser. So, yeah, just who would have thought of that? If you'd have said a year ago, we're going to have no CO2 because yeah. the fertiliser plant's not running. It just wouldn't have been in the conversation. It's, yeah, it's just madness. It really <laughs> and, is. It's all... and, and and well, you only got to see, you only got to walk into your local supermarket to see how uh, empty the shelves are. And it's not just all down to driver shortages, because it is down to CO two as well, the, or the the supply chain for CO two. But it is, um, I think, uh, yeah. I mean, put, uh, people that follow uh, follow my social page for a while will know that I've been a, um, I've been very. The stamp duty holiday in our industry was never needed. It was never, we were in good shape before they introduced it. And because they introduced it, it all went mad and everything's become a bit disjointed for the last, certainly the last year because of it. We're now settling down to a bit of normality and a bit more balanced market in in in, in the property world. Uh, but in your world, you're, you're faced with 
more than one challenge than what I've been faced with in the last year. So it's really commendable that you, you, you're coming out the other side, but you, you seem to have all these balls in the air. You haven't dropped one yet. You're still juggling, juggling with your different businesses and your challenges. And uh, I think, you know, Johnny, that's what makes, that's what makes you great, mate. At the end of the day, I think you're, you're, you're very much an inspiration guy. Well, I think that's just entrepreneurial DNA. And some people, I think, just thrive on problems. And that's really what I class myself as. I'm the problem solver. Uh, give me a problem, I'll come up with a solution. That's, I think, what makes truly an entrepreneur. If it was easy at the top, I don't think I'd enjoy it as much. But, yeah, this this last month, I've kind of been just sitting there some nights going, wow, what's going to happen tomorrow then? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> what have you got for me, world? <laughs> have we got enough chicken in the world? <laughs> yeah, well, I've not even mentioned the pandemic that we had. I mean, <laughs> yes. in the middle of July, August, like, God almighty, like, I had 15 staff told they couldn't come to work, like, on the same day. It's like, what? And it, it turned out that they'd all been watching the football because obviously the England games were on. Yeah. They're all watching the football together and one of the bar staff in there's phone had obviously been on and, yeah, all 15 of my staff, they're all sat on separate tables, but they were all in the same pub. And this barman was obviously walking around, ping, 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 ping. So 15, so <laughs> negative, none of them ever had a case. But yeah, yeah I, isolation for bloody 10 days, which, well, yeah, I'd wish I had 15 spare staff just to kind of, we to shut the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lost, lost all our income for 10 days. So are you, um, I'll... Um uh wrap this up very shortly with you but uh, are you still looking for staff now or are your staffing uh issues all resolved we're, yeah we're, we're about 95 percent there okay. i think certainly i've seen in the last month we're actually getting applicants because it wasn't like we were being picky we were putting adverts out with like recruiters on indeed on monster on data.com like paid for adverts and we were getting like no candidates I mean, we were joking the other day, five years ago, we used to have a wedge of CVs behind the bar. We used to like laugh about it now, going, wish I bloody did have a wedge of CVs <laughs> behind my bar. It just seems that, I don't know, the furlough and the, the lockdown just made people readjust to what they actually want to do, which I understand in the industry, as I said earlier, if you don't truly love it, it's a tough industry to be in. Mm. But I can't quite work out how every sector seems to be struggling. I don't know any sector that's telling me that's obviously staff heavy, that they've got staff. I mean, there was sandwich factories that have got a hundred staff short in Leicester the other day. Like HEV drivers are short, retail short, hospitality short. So where have all the staff that have left hospitality gone? Like have we all of a sudden created a million jobs elsewhere that we don't know about in a in a new industry? And then when you see the unemployment figures at two million, it's like, oh, what is going on here? Like mm. I just I can't quite put my finger on what's gone so wrong. It can't just be they've decided to retrain and gone into different industries. Well, a lot have, haven't they? I mean, it's certainly in our, I'm, I've, it's quite the opposite to you. I've got more CVs than ever coming in at the moment. Um, people that want to get into the property industry or, or agency, estate agency in particular, seems to be quite quite high at the moment. So um, where before you, you'd, you'd have sort of two or three quality candidates. Now, you know, I, looking at a pile of my data, I've probably got 15 CVs just been sent to me randomly over the last week, 10 days. So uh, wow. we're, we're experiencing quite the opposite to you. So, may, so perhaps there is an element of people coming out of catering and getting into uh, maybe, maybe lockdowns done that to a lot of people, you know, just thought, uh, where am I going with my life? <laughs> you know, what, what, what do I want? Where, you know, do I now do something I've always wanted to do and make that jump? And furlough has given them the opportunity to perhaps retrain as well. You know, some of these people have, I know people have done, you know, open university courses in the last 
uh, during the last lockdown, you know, retrained during lockdown and off they've gone into different different jobs. So uh, I think catering caterers probably suffered the most in that in that sense, then, I guess. And it's um, it's a shame, really, but um, doesn't retract from what you're doing, mate. You're doing wonderful things still. And, uh, you know, long may it continue and really, really look forward to the new restaurant being open in Mill Street. As I said, that's a fantastic, fantastic building there. Uh, and it was always a good, uh, it was the uh, wine bar before, wasn't it? It was known as the Mill Street Wine Bar uh, before, yeah. before it went, 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 of course. But um, yeah, very nice inside there. And it's, it's a lot bigger than it looks, isn't it, as well? Yeah, so we've, we've, well, we're going from where we are on Church Street. We've got 42 covers to just shy of 100 in the restaurant. But then wow. we've also got a, a welcome bar area, as we're going to call it. So that will be oh, cool. tables. You just come along, you can have cocktails and wine. And we're doing a lot of craft beers as well. So that's something I've looked at and identified that Oakham Rutland doesn't have, somewhere yeah. that's got a decent selection of craft ales. So that's what we're going to go down the route of, um, is craft ales and cocktails. Um, probably do some live music sporadically. Um, nice. Make it over 21s only as well. So that's going to be a big niche. So over 21s only on a Saturday night. There isn't anywhere where you can go and, get away from the yappy 18 year olds that are in bills for <laughs> so yeah covering all areas in the market I guess. oh you are there yeah, yeah that's, that's cool yeah and then the real um sort of niche part of it if i'm not niche enough is we're putting a champagne and oyster bar in downstairs so we've got a really cool cellar it used to be um back in the day it was i think it was probably something to do with the, the hospital store because originally if anyone knows it was a a hospital the the building itself was used as a military medical hospital so the downstairs has got two identical adjacent tunnels one of them actually is underneath mill street itself but that's blocked off but the one that we've got is accessible seats about 45 people so it's about 20 meters in length and about four meters in width and it's got the curvature brick walls so it's like being in a, a, a railway tunnel essentially so it's got a bar at one end seating all the way down each side and then it's going to be um, yeah, all LED strip lit up and it's going to have champagne by the glass. So we're going really high end. So Dom Perignon's going to be by the glass. You don't find that anywhere. And we're just going to do really simple oysters, but with five or six really classic dressings. So there'll be a sort of French menuet, a yuzu menuet, a Tabasco and lime. Just something quite different. So that'll only open on a Friday and Saturday night. But you'll be able to go there and uh, you have a bit of luxury away from the rest of the world because it's completely soundproof as well. So it's literally like having a, an identical an identical uh, independence venue yeah. to the building yeah so you'll yeah. come in through the building but then you go off down the staircase and uh, immerse yourself in champagne and oysters for the evening so what you've done there is uh, once you've got a client through the door they're not going to leave are they they're going to they're going to go to the That's welcome bar. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Perhaps have them the just moving around the building yeah. the bar at the front to the restaurant then it's down into the downstairs and then we won't have any clocks on the walls so they won't know what the time is and then yeah be brilliant great love it uh well thanks johnny for your time you're a super busy man so i really appreciate you really appreciate you coming on um we'll, we'll add all the links on to uh, our social page and and the podcast and stuff through, through spotify so um they can contact you directly or they can book, book me direct through your website if uh they want to come and enjoy what you serve and yeah really appreciate your time mate like i say i know you're a busy man so thank you so much brilliant thanks Eddie. cheers pal see you soon